Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1110, air date September 20th, 2022. I guess. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, let's just yeah, just go right into it. Dr. Shiva, welcome to the show. Good. How are you doing? Great. Yeah, it's so great to have you on our show. And um, so, um, as I understand, so first of all, you know, because I think a lot of our audience get to know you um, back in 2020 uh, election. But uh, at that time, a lot of people don't know is that you were actually the inventor of email. Yes, that's so, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe, you know, I think um, it's it's really amazing. I think it would be amazing for our audience to get to know you more about your life prior to the election. <laughs> and sure. especially like, yeah, and I think, uh, is it like the 40th anniversary of the invention of the email? Yeah, it's the 40th anniversary of the invention of email. And, you know, um, just to give you the background on this, you know, I've been involved, Kathy, in really understanding systems. And if you think about email, email was a system. It's not like the simple exchange of text messages, you know, on electrical, electronic device. If you go back to, you know, uh, the 1800s with Morse code, you could exchange simple text messages, right? Or the teletype. Email is something completely different. Email is actually a system. Um, And a lot of people over the age of 40 will remember that in, um, you may remember this all over the world, every organization, there were two ways in the 1970s or before the internet really became a consumer good that people communicated, right? They used the telephone. Remember the hardwired telephone, not the cell Mm -hmm. phone. And we had in organizations this thing called the inter-office mail system. Right. And uh, on that inner office mail system, um, if I can share my screen, I can show you some uh, pictures if you want. But if not, it's OK. Sure. Um, can I share my screen here? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I need to be allowed to sk- share the screen. But if you allow me to s- share the screen, I can show. Okay, s- it's not allowed. Right yeah, now. yeah. Yeah. If you can allow me to share the screen, I can. Sh- oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, if yeah, you, let me let me call my assistant because I yeah. right now I cannot reach over. Yeah, that's okay. Whoever's running Zoom, if they could just say sh- screen sharing. But anyway, the interoffice mail system was something quite interesting. Um, the interoffice mail system um, allowed people to communicate using paper-based email. So in an organization, the way people communicated was they didn't use you know they didn't have the traditional um, they didn't have email then, right? So they used to write these paper memos. And those paper memos uh, would be constructed by a secretary, and a secretary would write a memo to, from, subject. And on her desktop, she had the inbox and the outbox. Beneath her desk was a trash can, and she would write these memos and put them into an envelope, and they were sent around in these pneumatic tubes. It was a very complex system. Uh, If she had to carbon copy, let's say I was going to hire you, Kathy, I would write a memo to your boss, I would attach your resume, and I would maybe carbon copy human resources and other people. 
right? So this was the inner office mail system. And I was asked as a 14-year-old kid to convert this entire system to the electronic version. And it's important to understand that electronic version um, is what I created of that, that entire system. Now, I was working at that medical school, believe it or not, as a 14-year-old research fellow. And oh, where's Rat? Rutgers Medical School in Newark, New Jersey. You see, oh. in 1970, for your audience to understand, I had come from India as a seven-year-old kid. Um, I was deeply interested in medicine, and I was also very much interested in political systems, believe it or not, as a kid, because I grew up in an India which had the caste system, where people were judged not by what they did, but which family they were born into. It was called the Indian caste system. You may be aware of it. So my parents were very fortunate to escape that caste system and come to America. But I also grew up in an environment where my grandmother practiced traditional systems of healing, like similar to traditional Chinese medicine. There's an Indian form of medicine called Siddha. So I grew up watching her be a healer, use this ancient system of medicine to heal people in the villages. But I also was uh, you know, exposed to the fact that there was this political system, which was frankly not correct. So as a kid, I was very interested in systems. My family moved over here to the United States when I was seven. I was very motivated to study hard. Um, and by the time I was 14, I'd gone to New York University on a, a separate computer science program. And while in high school, I got a job working full time at a medical school doing medical research on why babies were dying in their sleep. So I was doing using computers to mathematically model sleep. But at the same time, because of my programming skills, I got hired to convert this entire inner office mail system into the electronic form, Kathy. That's what I did. So I converted the inbox, the outbox, the folders, blind carbon copy, CC, BCC, attachments, a whole thing into a system. And I wrote 40, 000, uh, 50,000 lines of code, and I named that system email. So not only, there was, no one had ever done this before. I was the first to create that system and call it email at a time when computers had very little memory. And then I moved all the secretaries from the, key, uh, from the uh, typewriter to the keyboard. In those days, women um, were basically told they could only be a secretary, right? Or a housewife or a teacher, or essentially um, could um, be a nurse, right? Those were the jobs for women. So email literally liberated these women from the typewriter to the keyboard. No one had ever done this. So I did email invented it before I came to MIT. And the other important thing to understand was when I came to MIT, Kathy, the president of MIT, who was on the, are you there still, Kathy? Yes, I'm yeah, there. I wasn't I'm sure. There. Yeah, yeah. I, right now, I think you can share your screen. Yeah, so let me, let me share my screen here. Um, so if you go to this site here, um, it's called the inventor of email. Let me go to it. And you will see, this is what um, these secretaries, right? had this thing called the desktop, right? Mm -hmm. If you remember right here. And this was the memo, right? And this was the inner office mail envelope. Oops, am I sharing? Right, right, yes. Am I sharing with you or no? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah I, can, I can see, yeah. Yeah, and that was the inner office mail envelope that was yeah. used in those days. And, um, and, 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 and so email was a vehicle for people to uh, communicate, right? And they had these pneumatic tubes. You see that? And mm -hmm. so I converted this entire system. Let me go to, there's a site called inventor of email.com that you can, you know, find later. 
And so when I came to MIT, this was on the front page of MIT. We created this website to educate people. And the president of MIT was on the um, science advisory, uh, the White House Science Council. His name was Paul Gray Reagan. This is in 1981. And he said, it's too bad that you cannot patent software. The Congress people, the legislators in Congress didn't even know what software was, Kathy. That's how software was new. So there's no, but in 1980, which I didn't know, there was a law passed that you could use copyright to protect software. So I, as a kid, wrote away um, for the, uh, to, to do that. And on August 30th, 1982, uh, I received the official copyright recognizing me as the inventor of email. Here's that copyright notice. You can see August 30th, 1982. It wasn't, it, you had to send all your code. It was a pretty long process. So I wrote all the code, named it email, and I have the US copyright for it. Yes, so I did invent email before I came to MIT. That's what's important. So MIT, so there's been some uh, myth around this because I never promoted. It was only about 10 years ago and my mom was dying of a horrible disease called pulmonary fibrosis that all my stuff went into the Smithsonian. And it created, um, and that's when the world knew who invented email. And some people didn't like it because they, there was a false history which said email came out of the military. The problem is, Kathy, the military industrial complex likes to create the fiction that all great innovations come from war, right? You kill people and you innovate things. But the truth is email, which is one of the profound innovations of our time, was invented by a 14-year-old immigrant kid in Newark, New Jersey, which is a very poor city, not for war, but for a civilian problem helping secretaries communicate in the inner office mail environment. So, but, you know, the important thing is as a kid, I had a deep love of medicine systems, but also I learned system science. And today, you know, and I went on to invent many other things while at MIT, I invented Echo Mail, a system for automatically analyzing email. I did it for the White House and then we built a big company. I created one of the first arts communities online for artists to communicate and put their wares. This was back in 93. And then most recently, one of the, um, I created a system for automatically analyzing diseases on the computer, mathematically modeling diseases to discover how many of our traditional medicines in China and India work. So we could eliminate the need for animal testing. That's called Cytosolve. And the biggest, I think, important innovation right now is truth, freedom, and health. Truth, freedom, and health, um, Kathy's literally a system that we have created that allows um, anyone to actually get smarter, believe it or not, okay? Um, oh. what, what Truth, Freedom, and Health allows people to do is to actually understand how political systems work. Can you see this? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So Truth, Freedom, and Health is literally a system. We say get educated or be enslaved. And it says a man who invented email now delivers a Truth, Freedom, and Health system. So what we're teaching people is I'm taking all the 50 years of knowledge and I teach people system science um, they get all the books and papers. They also understand how their body is a system. We give them a lot of scientific knowledge. We do a lot of special lectures. We've created a global community now of 360,000 people all over the world in 95 countries. And using this system, people actually literally can get smarter because they can start seeing connections between things, Kathy. Because what's happening now is those in power, they take any issue and they want to make it left and right or pro or anti. They don't want people to actually see the whole. And what Truth, Freedom, and Health does, it helps, gives people the opportunity to see things as they truly are.
not um, how you want them to be, but to see things as they truly are. So the Truth Freedom and Health System, when you go through it, we have many, many everyday working people. So you don't have to go to MIT to understand system science. But when you go through this site, which I recommend everyone to go through, you will, you will see that we're actually um, uh, solving this very interesting problem. Today, Kathy, we have lots and lots of information, right? At people's mm -hmm. fingertips. So you would think with more information, people are gonna get smarter and wiser and more truth, more freedom, right? But the reality is with more information, 650 million people are more anxious and depressed right now. 51% of people in the world feel hopeless. 25% or more people wanna overthrow their governments. Two and a half billion people are obese right now. 52% of people are completely confused on what to eat or to avoid. And 95% of people have health problems. So it doesn't mean inf more information is solving problems. In fact, what it's doing is if you look at this information pyramid, in my view, those in power are actually breeding ignorance because they're, you know, in many of the traditional systems, you were taught to see the whole, right? Holistic approach. But now people are teaching people an ignorant approach of only seeing the parts. So people get into illusion, they get confused. So either they get desperate where, or they we're dividing people into left and right, or people just say, forget it. And they just move to the forest and don't want to do anything. This is this current system. And, and what this is doing is creating people into division, complacency, and desperation, right? So, and then people have people thinking the gurus or Bernie Sanders or these talking heads or people are going to solve this. And the reality is the only way out of this is if we get wisdom. And wisdom comes from knowledge, which is different than information, which is we need to learn the science of systems. And what's important to understand, Kathy, is the elites, those who rule the world, like George Soros or uh, people who uh, work for the biggest governments, they all know the science of systems. I learned it at MIT. About 10,000 people in the world know the science of systems. So my intention here has been to take all that knowledge and put it into a curriculum that anyone can learn it. They don't have to have an MIT PhD, Kathy. So what we've done is we've in a very nice way done that. So, so, this, so this is really a technology, okay? If you can think about it. It's a technology where people literally within hours, they can learn 20 years of MIT knowledge. They can understand what a system is. We've put it into a course. People can get the book to learn how their body is a system. Everything is a system, Kathy, in life. Um, people can understand the scientific theory. I published a paper on this linking Eastern and Western medicine and showing that ultimately the body is a system. And then I created a tool so everyone can understand how the body is a system and figure out what are the right foods and exercises, in fact, the right yoga postures for them. So they don't just blindly follow a diet. Then they get access to scientific research. Um, we do special lectures every once a month. Then we've also created a tool where people can teach others. And um, then we have a whole community now, about 360,000 people globally. And then we create tools so people can also educate others. And then we've created a lot of technologies like the forum for people to communicate independent of Facebook and other things. So that's the latest thing I've been working on, Kathy, which sort of goes beyond um, Email. Email was a system. Truth, freedom, and health is also a system. If that makes any, if that, if I'm being clear on that, mm -hmm. okay. Right. Okay. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So that's what we've done. Our goal has been to create a world where people can become their own gurus. You know, so they don't 
have to blindly follow other people. That's been really the goal here. So we can create a more educated group of people who are not reliant on, you know, governments or those kind of people to give them education. They can uh, start learning themselves how everything actually operates fundamentally. So how long do you think people, you know, need to learn to grasp? Well, uh, well, it's a great question. You know, there are people who've taken, we make everything open. People can come as many, they can take it as many times. More importantly, we created a community. First, you learn the theory of systems. Then every Thursday, it's like this Thursday uh, at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., we do community meetings because you learn. And then we ask people to get on the ground and talk to their neighbors. So we take different issues, Kathy, like the pandemic issue or the elections issue or wearing masks or not, right? Every major issue we take and we put it on little cards where people can really go beyond left or right. And we want people to go share this with others. The, the bottom line is you can't just be taking knowledge and just keeping it for yourself. We want people to share knowledge with others. It's called a learn, teach and serve model, if that makes any sense. So you learn and then you teach and others learn. So it's a very, very important way for people to learn actually. So when you teach, actually you learn a lot more than if you just keep it uh, uh, you know, to yourself. So let me stop sharing. Um, maybe, how do I stop sharing here? I think you need to stop me from sharing. Oh, uh, uh, let me see. Yeah, but that's what we've created, Kathy, if that makes sense. We've created an environment where anyone can learn this knowledge and then um, have everyone else learn it also. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's been great because we have people all over the world who are now learning this knowledge. Okay, let me see. Oh, okay. I was sharing it, right? You, could, you were able to see the screen? You were sharing. Yeah, you have been sharing. Okay. Uh, now, yeah. okay. Okay, there, we're back, right? Yeah. 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 So um, I think the central thing that my view is that without the knowledge of systems, it is very, very easy to fool people in the modern world. Because what's happened is that ultimately there is no, you know, the universe doesn't work with left or right. The universe doesn't know pro or anti. The universe is based on fundamental principles, the movement of information, matter, and energy, which we call transport the conversion of information, matter, and energy, which we call the conversion process or the structural piece. In the Indian system, they called it vatha, pitta, kapha. If you look at Chinese medicine, these principles came out in the concept of, um, you know, the flow of water or wind that was motion, right? Or the conversion process, which was fire process, or the storage process, which was really the wood or metal process, right, in Chinese medicine. So the traditional systems of medicine had these principles. So what I've been able to do, Kathy, is take these ancient principles, look at modern engineering system science and blend them together to create a curriculum that you get to pure truth from a framework. So people can now start to see politics, transport, conversion, storage is the same as freedom, truth, and health. So you have to have freedom to be able to have discourse and discussion. And it is through discussion and discourse that we actually get to truth. And truth is a scientific method, right? You apply science, you test different things, you find out what works and what doesn't. And when you have truth and freedom, you get to real health. And with real health, you have the strength to fight for freedom and truth. And now what's happening in the world, unfortunately, is that we have freedom being attacked, 
we have truth being attacked. And when you do that, you don't get healthy people, you don't get healthy infrastructure. And what happens is then you don't, when you don't have healthy people, they don't have the strength to fight for tr uh, truth or freedom. So our goal is to treat, teach people this systems approach. And my view is it's not to convert people or to convince people. It's more like saying, you know, do you understand physics, right? Once people understand this, they themselves can become their own masters, their own teachers, and they can educate their communities and lift people's consciousness. So that's what truth, freedom, and health is. It's literally a system that teaches people systems. <laughs> so that's what's exciting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, just give me one second. Uh, the screen is a little bit Okay. No worries. Take your time. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds really just amazing. Um, I just want because since actually that's my question, but you also mentioned we don't have your video, right, Kathy? I don't see your video. Is that the way it's supposed to be? I do. Oh. Oh. Okay. I oh, I don't yeah. see your video. You don't. No, I just see. Uh, it's on my screen. Oh, okay. All right. I don't see it. Okay. No worries. Oh, you don't see it? Nope. That's okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, we're going to record with, yeah. All right. Yeah, with, with me and you. So, yeah, I have a question uh, yeah. with regards to what you just mentioned. So, how does the principles uh, relate to this uh, system? Because right now, the you know, I think especially in this country, it's very polarized, right? With the, uh, like the, for example, we just heard this speech by President Biden, like, and a lot of people actually, I just saw a um, poll saying that a good number of people, good percentage of people uh, in the United States think the dangerous uh, MAGA Republicans is a great threat to the very foundation of our republic. On the other hand, a lot of conservatives, people thinking the leftist the Democrats uh, pushing those um, socialist, communist, even communist policies are threatening our republic. So both sides are, you know, accusing the other side and, you know, uh, the, the threat of uh, this uh, republic. So when you say about this system, how does that uh, work with the very polarized. Yeah, you asked it. I think this is probably the most important question. So it's a brilliant question you're asking, Kathy. And this question everyone should be asking. Because what's happening to the United States right now, I think there was a poll done that uh, poll done by the University of Chicago about two months ago. It said 25% of Americans want to overthrow their government. I don't know if you saw that. Mm. Uh, 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 and then the recent poll said 40%. Okay. And there's on both left and right. Why? So you have to ask who is benefiting from the United States left and right division. And so that's why I believe system science is the only way to save the world. Let me tell you why. My former mentor at MIT, his name was Jay Forrester. He, he was a professor at MIT until 93 years old. He was one of the founders of systems theory, the Western approach. Okay. Um, and he said system science should be taught at the kindergarten level. Why? So if you take a problem, right? Every problem today uh, is being made into a left-right issue. So what the left and right are doing, they're taking a real problem and then they make it into a left or right issue 
and both sides profit from it. Let me give you an example, okay, that I'm very intimately aware with. If you know, it was our movement here in Massachusetts which first exposed the issue with the election issues, right? Real issues, mm -hmm. like the ballot images being deleted. We're the ones who exposed, you know, out of all the research that was done, it was the signature verification process, which was finally taken up by the Attorney General of Arizona. When I did that stuff, that was in 2020, September. No one else even thought about, they were calling it voter fraud. They didn't call it election fraud, right? Election fraud is very simple, because very different because it goes at the systemic issues. When we did that, Kathy, I think you guys did a coverage, but no one else did, even the MAGA Republicans or the uh, Democrats, uh, CNN, nor, nor Fox News, no one covered it because it wasn't popular, you see? After the Trump election, then it became popular. And you also may remember I filed a lawsuit in federal court and we exposed in October of 30th on 2020, we won a major lawsuit that government has a collusion with Twitter. It is not big tech works on their own, but government and Twitter work together. And we won a major lawsuit because it was found out that I was thrown off Twitter when I exposed that ballot images were being deleted in Massachusetts. The government of Massachusetts, this is like what happens in China, right? Contacted Twitter. At least in China, they don't lie. They, the government and the censorship is one, right? But here in the United States, we act like the big tech works independent of the government, but they're actually one. So we expose that. Again, nothing in the mainstream media. Tucker Carlson knew about this. He didn't do anything. However, two years later, or even six months later, when the problem is too, too late, then the left and the right make elections systems issues, no longer election systems issues, but, oh, someone over here is attacking. They make up crazy. I, the, the right wing did not go after the real fundamental issues. There are a lot of grifters out there, Kathy, who, who made a lot of money just talking about crazy ideas. And then the left wing attacked the right wing, right? So what ended up happening was the election issue became a left and right issue. It did not, all the real issues got thrown under the rug, right? So if you say anything about elections, oh, you must be a right winger, right? The fundamental systems issues are forgotten. Let me take another example. The real issue with the environment. There is real issues with the environment, which is pollution. But the left has made CO2 the pollution, okay? CO2 is not a pollution. It's not pollution. CO2 is necessary for plant growth. And in fact, the Paris Accords, uh, Trump was right to get out of the Paris Accords. The Paris Accords allowed China to double their pollution, India to double their pollution. Um, so it never addressed pollution. It made CO2 the issue. So what, what happens is the the left and the right take a very complex issue like the climate system and they make it about one thing. Oh, it's about CO2. And then they build a bogus story around it. Then the left will start sending Democrats e emails saying, oh, give us money, give us money. We're fighting for the Green New Deal. And that's what happened with the election issue. The data that we had actually compiled was used by a lot of the people on the right to make, frankly, half a billion dollars on elections, but they never really wanted to address the election issue. You take. Oh, did they make the money? Oh yeah, they made a lot of money. Trump. Made, tr what's that? How did they get the money? Well, the money? Beca because what they do is they'll they'll send an email to their followers, right? Give us donations. Their so they take a very complex issue, 
and they don't address the real issue. They address, oh, we need to lower CO2. You follow? So Bernie Sanders and AOC will send emails. Oh, we need the Green New Deal. We, need, we have to lower CO2. So they scare people into fear and then people give them money. You follow what I'm saying? Through donations. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, in November, if you notice, I had done a lot of the analysis and we got a call from Mark Meadows. I was here in November, uh, 2020. And he said, oh, Dr. Shiva, we want you to help us do the analysis. I said, great, Mark, send us the data. And then Rona McDaniel from the Republicans called us. And I said, great, Rona, send us data. They never sent us the data, even though they had the data. But they knew my analysis was going viral on the internet, if you remember that time, uh, Kathy. So people wanted to attach themselves to the analysis we had done, the MIT PhD doing real analysis. People would use that, and then they would take a piece of that and raise money off of it or sell pillows off of it, okay? Um, and I know these people, they're, they may be nice people, but every issue today has become a left and right issue. There is no understanding of what the real issue is and what the real solution is. So you have to wonder, do these people really wanna solve the problem or do they wanna just keep the dialectic going, you see? And I'm, a, a, so for example, about, a, um, uh, about I think four months ago, there's a, a, a left liberal investigative news organization called ProPublica. You can look them up. Mm -hmm. ProPublica yeah. claims that they are this investigative group. They do real research. Well, they had called me up and they said, Dr. Shiva, you know, we want to talk to you about uh, the election issue. And do you believe China hit the election? Do you believe like, uh, you know, they were make, you know, they're, they were taking the standard quote unquote, right wing stuff and trying to bucket me. And I said, wait a minute. I said, let me be very clear. There are real election systems issues. And the problem is there are people who've taken the real issues and talked about garbage. So the left could not ever deal with the real issues, you see? Because the issues with elections is beyond left or right. It's an American issue. So pro-public, I did it. Luckily, I, in, I, I, you know, I had videotaped the interview. I put it out. And they said, we're doing a detailed article. And the interviewer was completely confused after that hour interview. So he goes, oh, wait a minute. So you're not left. You're not right. He goes, you actually sound very reasonable. He couldn't understand the fact that there are real systems issues. And I said, yeah. I said, the problem is every issue in this country is being made left and right. Now, he wrote a 20-page article, Kathy, afterwards. Guess what? The, the interview I did, not one sentence from that interview is included. Wow. Why? Because I wasn't feeding his narrative of left versus right. You see, they want the left versus right, pro versus anti on every issue because the media makes money because then it becomes drama and theater, right? Like those wrestling guys fighting. And that's what we have. You take the Ron DeSantis issue with immigration, okay? The recent thing, you know, we live in Massachusetts. Martha's Vineyard is right here. Of People I know live there. Well, for the last 50 years, the immigration issue has been a quote unquote issue, right? But neither the left or right has ever solved it. The only people who can solve immigration is Congress, not the president, because Congress passes legislation. Now you would think if you really wanted to solve it, those Congress people would say, hey, we're not gonna go on vacation. We're not gonna leave until we solve this issue, right? If it's such a big issue. But the reality is that the left and the right 
have both survived on cheap immigrant illegal labor. The right Republicans survive. Wall Street's profits are high because they keep expenses low. Many of the immigrant, quote unquote, illegals who come here are leaving countries which have serious issues, which was caused by the U.S. imperialist establishment putting dictators into those countries. And the right wing doesn't want to discuss that. But the left wing uses the illegal immigrants for votes, right? That's also a fact. Both are true. But the fundamental issue is there are 30 million, quote unquote, illegal immigrants. And many of those people, Kathy, are the ones who are mowing the lawns, doing the landscaping, cleaning our toilets, right, et cetera. The, since Obama, since, um, since 2008, remember, they printed all this money. Uh, they saved the big banks in the, in the United States. Uh, Obama printed around $8.2 trillion, quote unquote, printed, right? Quantitative easing. Um, and in two terms, Trump printed $6.9 trillion. I gave money to Trump. I supported his campaign. Everyone knows this. But at the end of the day, he also printed money. And Biden has printed $2 trillion. So all of this modern monetary theory of printing money was, was what did it actually do? It was supposed to support people to stimulate the economy. A lot of people took this money. Wall Street took it. Banks took it. They didn't let it go into the economy. They invested it in, in the stock market, right? And so we have a false economy right now. And there's a lot of people in the United States during the last two years who are sitting at home and still are who don't want to work. A very good friend of mine who's a very major, uh, big economist, he said, Shiva, I don't even know what's going to happen. We're printing money and people do not want to work. The immigrant, quote unquote, illegal immigrants are working, Kathy, right? So- I believe that what DeSantis did and what the liberals did, one is theatrics and the other is hypocrisy, right? What DeSantis showed when he sent those immigrants over is, okay, the liberals are hypocrites. But he did it because he wanted theatrics. He wanted to do a troll like Trump, right, to get himself out everywhere. But I don't think either the left or the right in this country want to solve the immigration problem. The only way to solve this is bottoms up by everyday people getting educated on how systems work. And the only people incentivized in the United States to solve problems are working people, the middle class, who actually work for a living. The very poor don't have an incentive because they're going to get free money. The very wealthy are also getting free money. You know, They're getting money from all the stimulus, which they pumped into the stock system. So that's why you know we have to educate people to stop thinking left and right, because it's going to rip the United States apart. And whoever wants that uh, to create this divide is going to profit from that because you're going to destroy the U.S. economy. People can come buy the U.S. assets at a low price. But we're at a very critical point in the, in, the, in the U.S. system because you have people being ripped apart by left and right. I mean, isn't it interesting? Every issue is always like 50-50, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not, in my view, this is engineered. It's not normal to think like this. And if you take an objective look at Trump or Obama, and I've met with Trump multiple times, right? I've shared this with him, but I, I don't want to get into the reasons for his intransigence, but the bottom line is Obama printed $8.2 trillion. Obama saved big banks. Agreed? 
Trump printed $6.9 trillion. He saved Big Pharma. Just like the bank should have failed, Big Pharma was failing. And instead of letting them fail, we created this entire uh, new business for them. You know, the quote unquote vaccines, right? Mm -hmm. And what you really had was, you go look at Pfizer's revenue. In the last 10 years, they went from 65 billion in revenue. And in 2020, their revenue had hit 40 billion. They had dropped 25 billion in revenue. They were tanking. All the pharmaceutical companies were losing revenue. A lot of people think, oh, pharma's making money. No, they weren't. Because their single molecule drugs are not making any money because the entire drug development process is broken. They needed vaccines to survive. So Pfizer's revenue went from 65 billion to 40, 40 billion. And then right after this pandemic, they went to 80 billion. Think about that. So Trump saved big pharma, Obama saved big banks. And whether, no matter how much I like Trump, and by the way, 50% of Trumpers voted for Obama. I don't know if you know that. Okay. 50%. Yes. A lot because they all saw Obama, the black guy, the outside agent of change, right? So those in power used Obama for eight years and then they brought in Trump. And if you look at those four years of Trump, Fauci didn't get fired. Big Pharma explosively grew. These are the objective facts. And the reality is $6.9 trillion was printed. And, and then, so now the right wing blames Biden and the Bidens blame the left wing, right? So this is a nonsense and both parties make money through the little e donation emails they send. But we are not solving problems in the United States anymore. It's a divided country. And the only way is we have to go and educate working people to think beyond left and right, beyond black and white, beyond pro and anti. So working people come together. And by the way, what's fascinating is you brought about communism and the unions. It's fascinating because if you say working people unite, the right wing says that's a communist Marxist slogan, right? So what happened in the United States was in 1920s, there was a true bottoms up movement in this country when the depression was taking place. Women led those movements for the eight hour workday, for eliminating child labor, for better infrastructure. And it was those bottoms up movements which said working people unite, which has nothing to do with Karl Marx. Karl Marx does not own the word working people unite. You see what I'm saying? That has existed since the time of slaves. So those movements actually are the ones that forced the Democrat FDR to give people infrastructure, to give eliminate child labor in the United States, all those things. And it was infrastructure, water systems, electrical systems, highway systems, which actually reduced infection rates long before the vaccines came in 19 like measles now in 1950 the elites under the leadership of the right said oh my god we can never have a bottoms up movement occur so they branded anytime you said working people unite oh that's communist that's marxist so the right wing attacked working people from the right and then the left the unions run by the democrats made all the bottoms up movements, they took over the unions, Kathy. So it was a two pronged attack on bottoms up grassroots movements. The left wing now by 1970 controlled all the unions top down. And the right wing, if you ever said, hey, working people unite, oh, you're Marxist, you're communist, you're socialist, da, 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 you see? So this is where we live now. They don't want working people independently in a decentralized way coming together.
They want people fighting against each other. So Bernie Sanders and AOC and Elizabeth Warren and the left will use the word workers, right? They don't, they don't care about workers at all. And the right wing, if you ever say, hey, let's build a bottoms up movement, let's unite the middle class work. Oh, you're a communist. So they have it very, very um, in a powerful way, Kathy, you say. And that's why we need to educate people to think beyond left and right, to fight for truth, freedom and health, that you have to have freedom. Which some people may call it's a right wing issue. You have to have truth. Some people may say, oh, that's what nerds care about. Right. Or scientists. And you have to have health. They may say, oh, that's a left wing issue. We have to bring all these things together. And that's why the systems framework is the only thing that brings it together from a scientific framework, because freedom is a thing that gives rise to truth and truth and freedom give rise to health. And health is a thing that you have the strength to fight for truth and freedom. These are scientific principles and it goes beyond left and right. So if you're a yoga teacher and you care about your health and you're against GMOs and you don't like Monsanto, that was seen as a left issue, right? What's not? Because with health, you have the strength to fight for freedom. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment, fighting for free speech is now seen typically as a right-wing issue, right? But it's not, it's a human issue. But all these things have to be fought for in an integrated way. That's why we teach truth, freedom, and health. So, you know, we were talking about left and right. Um, there is also um, independence, right? And it seems uh, more and more people are becoming independent. But on the other hand, it seems like in the United States, uh, the two-party the two-party political system still prevails. For example, in California, you know, I came from California. Um, if the independents, it's very hard for them to win. Yeah. So, um, so let's. Yeah, so yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So I just wonder um, how easy do you think is to educate people uh, to get out of this left and right uh, thinking? Yeah. So you're asking a very, very important question. The most important thing to recognize is those in power, Kathy. So if you look at the independence, let me answer that, right? In, in Massachusetts, for example, 55, 60% of people are registered independents or what they call unenrolled. 10% Republicans, 35% Democrats, okay? 55% independents, got it? And if you run as an independent, remember several years ago, I ran against Elizabeth Warren, we created a big show. The, the Republican party here is in collusion with the Democrats. It's all fake, it's all theater, right? They act like they're against them. In fact, the guy that's right now running for Republican governor, he's a complete idiot. He actually said that Trump lost fairly, but Trump still endorsed him, Kathy. Mm. Because he gave Trump $16,000, they give him money and the Save America PAC, it's a money-making venture, sorry to say, okay? You give Save America money, they endorse you. Anyway, the point is the 55, 60% of independents, right? When an election time goes, in Massachusetts, 60% of the independents will go right and 40% go left, okay? That's the way it's engineered. And the reason they do this is that there is no fundamental idea of why you need to build a movement. A movement is very different than registering as an independent. You follow what I'm saying? Just because you register as an independent doesn't mean you consciously get in your mind why you have to build a movement. 
So one of the most important things that we teach at Truth, Freedom, and Health is we teach people history. We teach, we go back to the 1920s. We go back to the 1800s. We teach people that anything human beings have today, Kathy, has come from independent bottoms-up movements, not be, registering as an independent, but movements. So if you look at the women's right to vote in the United States, do you know how the women got that right to vote? Not exactly. Well, let's go back. Susan B. Anthony, she went to the Democrats and she said, hey, women should. In fact, she wanted universal suffrage for women and blacks. Right. They literally laughed at her. In the House of Representatives, they laughed her out. So what did she do? She went door to door to door to door. OK, she created a massive ground movement. And then the politicians came. OK. If you look at any fundamental issue, go look at the issue of the eight-hour workday. People are working 20-hour days in U.S. factories. Children were they were uh, working in factories. It was in the 1800s in the United States, in 1886. It was called the Great Upheaval. Unfortunately, they don't teach us in American history. There was a bottoms-up movement. And in 1886, um, it culminated in Chicago, where four... There, uh, four workers were hanged in the United States for fighting for the eight-hour workday. And that was called May Day. Now, the rest of the world, it wasn't a communist holiday. The rest of the world commemorated those four workers. And then somewhere along the way, it became a communist holiday. You see, but it wasn't that originally. And in the United, everywhere in the world, they still celebrate May Day, except in America now. It was changed to Law Day. So what's happened is, in my view, those in power do not want the American working class, which is the only working class that has the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, to know their own power and their history. It's been wiped away, Kathy. And independent movements is why the United States has these freedoms and has these rights. And over the last, particularly the last three, four, five years, which our movement exposed, um, it is the establishment elites which want to destroy the First Amendment in the United States. They want to remove the fundamental rights. And this directly is connected to the concept of the monarchy, which comes out of Britain. You know, Britain does not have a constitution. The people in Britain really don't have any First Amendment. And people think this stupid queen is some Disneyland, you know, she's just some pretty face, right? She isn't. She still runs Britain. She has all the power to take away parliament and run them. And it is that British imperial model that never wanted Americans ever to have the Bill of Rights. In fact, it is Britain, which has an organization called the Atlantic Council, which is the organization, what we discovered in our lawsuit, which we presented in court, that funded the Belfer Center's work to create a set of manuals and handbooks to censor Americans through the relationship between government and big tech. We expose all that. So when you really look at it, America was a big anomaly. 1776 was a big anomaly. The fact that working people got the right to freedom and to bear arms. Think about that. What other people on the uh, on the planet have that? No one. And so we're in this very interesting point in human history where that's why the death of the queen, I did a bunch of videos on this, is fascinating. 
I mean, they make her look like a nice person, but she was a liberal imperialist, right? She was quote unquote liberal, all nice and blah, blah, blah. But she was an imperialist. It was a queen in 1972, which did a coup. There was a, a, a duly elected prime minister of Australia with a stroke of a pen. MI6 and the CIA literally went in and they threw out this duly elected prime minister using the governor general. So we have to understand that all roads ultimately lead to this imperial notion that we're all slaves. When they say that the queen, uh, you know, held up the institution for 70 years, what institution are we talking about? It's an institution of slavery. It's an institution of the caste system. It's an institution destroying freedom of speech. So it's, to me, it's ridiculous in 2022. I hope, you know, her burial means this entire institution is buried for good. But that's where we're at. We're at a very important point in history where we literally are at this point, just because we have freedom doesn't mean it's gonna stay here. So that's why I believe our movement, the technology, the curriculum we've built is so important. It's the only way that working people all over the world are gonna have the tools. And to give you an idea, Kathy, the elites who go to MIT, Harvard, uh, the Kennedy School of Government, all of them learn the science of systems. George Soros learns, he's, he's one of the theoreticians of this. And the science of systems is like a, a sword, you know, or a knife. You can use it to heal people like a surgeon, or you can use it to destroy people like a criminal would use a knife. Today, the science of systems is being used to subjugate people, enslave people, or it can be used to liberate people. Now, a guy like me who learned this is not really supposed to teach it to the rest of the world, but because of, I never forgot where I came from, Kathy, um, that's why we've put to, the curriculum together, we've organized it, we've created a community, and that's really sort of the focus of what I'm working on, and we have some amazing people all over the world. Yeah, so yeah, by your estimate, uh, among these uh, 360,000 people uh, are learning this, uh, where do they come from? Like, do you have, uh, we, we were talking about not to separate people from left and right, but just uh, to give people and yeah. Some idea who are attracted to learn this. Yeah, that's good. Let me tell you what's fascinating is 60% to 65% women. Mm. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because women are system scientists by nature. You know why? They don't even know it. A woman has to do so many things in the household, right? Right. She has to take care of her husband in some case. She has to take care of the kids. She has to run the household. She's got to figure out a bunch of stuff. She's constantly solving a systems problem every day. She doesn't have the luxury of thinking left and right. She's got to solve a problem, okay? And most of these women were never involved in politics, Kathy. Women. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. The second thing is many of these people are working people. The liberal elites will never come to this because they think they know it all. I call them the uneducated vulnerable idiots, okay? Or the educated vulnerable idiots, okay? They may have a college degree uh, and they're typically of quote-unquote liberal leanings. They're not going to come to it. Working class people come to it. And particularly those people who awaken to the fact that this divisiveness is taking place. You see, many people who are Trumpers they start realizing all these contradictions in Trump, right? Many people are willing to look at the actual stuff. You say they don't get lost in the passion. 
they, they're willing to let go of the cults, you say, and that takes a lot of courage. So we have a friend, uh, if you want, I can play a video of a guy called Frank Licata. He's an electrician. He put up probably like 2000 signs for Trump. Okay. Gave him a lot of money. And then he finally realized, wait a minute, all these people in the January 6th people are in jail. Hillary never got locked up. Fauci's out there, right? And then people always give excuses. And he said, wait a minute, something's wrong. And he had voted for Obama before. So people who've gone to Obama, to Trump, you know, they just are waking up. So that's one set of people, people who've been like a ping pong or other people who were never in the political system because they never believed it, you know? And now they see, wow, these guys are actually speaking, you know, uh, someone uh, just said independent thinking people. Someone just, okay. So, so people who really get it, um, they're not, they weren't in a camp. You say people are in a camp. It's harder to get them out. Okay. So it's typically the people who are apolitical, meaning they chose not to be political because they just gave up or people who spent, you know, four, five, eight years as a Democrat. Then they spent the last four or six years as a Trumper and they went back and forth. You say, so it's a really, and they're very smart and they come from all different Econ uh, economic, or let me see, vocational backgrounds, hairdressers, estheticians, engineers, scientists, um, you know, uh, electricians, right? All different backgrounds. And what we do is when they learn the course, Kathy, they have to teach it. We call it learn, teach, and serve. You cannot, we actually give a certificate so you can go teach others, okay? You don't get it until you teach it. Because my view is only when you teach, do you learn it? And then you have to serve. We want you to go educate others. We literally, people go and they, you know, hand out flyers or they take a topic and they have to discuss it. So it's learn, teach, and serve. Truly bottoms up. So, um, yeah, if you don't mind, uh, just... Uh, because um, you've been talking you know, very deep about the, uh, what you've been thinking. So for yourself, were you in a camp or you got out of the camp afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's interesting. Uh, I'll give you my journey in politics, right? I was, you know, when I was a kid, I, I read every, all different political things. Cause I, cause I, you know, India has this caste system. So I read left wing, right wing. I've probably studied, I probably know, Chinese political history. Okay. I know Russian political history. I studied all this mm -hmm. when I was a young kid. So when I came to MIT in 1981, um, uh, there's a guy called Noam Chomsky, right? He's one of the leading linguists in the world. Um, and Chomsky, I studied under Chomsky to understand the caste system. Chomsky's 90 some odd years old now. Chomsky is noted as a, uh, next to Jesus Christ, Chomsky is the most cited person in science believe it or not. Okay. So I realized as a young kid that, um, that the left and the right, both were horrible, particularly the Republicans and Democrats. And particularly, I noticed something even more important. What the best way I could think about it, Kathy, is there's a bird and think of the head of the bird as the obvious establishment or the establishment. The bird has two shoulders, right? One shoulder is a Republican shoulder and the other is a Democrat, what I call the obvious, uh, uh, wings of that establishment. Okay. Like Mitch McConnell, right. Republican, or let's say Hillary Clinton. Okay. 
But the way this bird flies is through its wings, right? The left wing and the right wing. So the Democrats have the Bernie Sanders and the AOC who will sometimes even attack Hillary Clinton, right? But when push comes to shove, so they'll just get every the masses riled up. It's all theater. But at the end of the day, they'll say, oh, my God, we have to beat Trump. We have to support Hillary. Right. And on the right, you have the same things. OK, you have the right wing versions of it who also rile people up. But when push comes to shove, I'll guarantee you they'll say, oh, yeah, we got to support the Republicans over the Democrats. And I noticed this in um, in um, in a. Uh, 1984, a guy called Jesse Jackson. Do you remember him? A black mm -hmm. Jesse Jackson was part of what was called the Reform Party, which included Jesse Jackson, Ross Perot, and actually Donald Trump, believe it or not. And Jesse Jackson ran in something called the Rainbow Movement. And he got a lot of people excited, like he was anti-establishment. He really wanted freedom and all this. But at the last minute, he gave all of his votes to Walter Mondale. And he said, the lesser of two evils. You've heard of this? the lesser of two evils. This is a way that they've manipulated the masses on the left and the right. So they get working people excited and at the last minute, they bring them back into the establishment. Obama does this, AOC does this, Bernie does this, but so does the right wing, both do it. Trump ran on a thing of lock her up. Do you remember that, lock her up? Nothing happened to Hillary. The day after Trump got elected, he actually has a quote. He says, ah, that was for the campaign. Now we move beyond that. And people have to see that. So it's all about theater. Meanwhile, every two to four years, the working people get excited. It's like watching the Giants versus the Dallas Cowboys, right? And then they go back. And what we're educating people is this doesn't work. You have to be actively involved. And we're creating an environment where people get educated then we want people to talk to their neighbors. We want people to talk to their friends and family. We've created a world where you can take a, a way that you can take any issue, any of these issues, and you can look at the left and right view, and then you can dig down into the real problem and the real solution. So you can bring families together. You can bring people who are in opposing views together, if they have any, if they're honest, right, to go at the real problem and the real issue. And then you can go to the real solution. Right. And that's what needs to be done. Otherwise, uh, it's literally like uh, watching WWE, you know, the wrestling. So let me tell you what 2020, I call it distraction 2024. OK, it's going to be DeSantis versus Newsom. Right. Gavin Newsom or Trump versus Biden. You see, they created like and then the 10 billion dollars were made by the media companies in 2020. There's a media company called Next Media Services. Their stock has grown like this. They make money from all the political advertising, okay? So this is a money-making machine, getting all the uh, working people all excited, right? Fighting each other. And these people are just doing theater. It's modern theater. And the working people are being abused. So that's why we say get educated or be enslaved. These people are entertainers. They never talk about any solutions ever. It's all always about getting people excited to fight the opposing side. It's really sick. I'm done with it. And everyone else should be done with it. Wow. So much.
so um so when you do these uh courses um do you charge or how does that work yeah let me explain it to you so when i in 2007 you know i finished my phd right in systems biology and then i went to i took two years off and i went to india to really understand how I could fit modern systems biology to understand the ancient systems of medicine. And I made a big discovery. I found out that the ancient systems of medicine, be Chinese or Indian medicine, they use different language, but they were literally intersected with engineering systems. So I came back to MIT and I created a course called uh, Systems Biology and Traditional Medicines. And you know, people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to attend MIT. And I created this course, I taught it. I never charged a penny, unlike Elizabeth Warren while I was working in my company. And we had typically MIT courses, lectures only get like 20 people coming, Kathy. We had 200 people who'd show up on a Thursday evening, okay? And we had doctors, medical doctors, engineers on one side and yoga people, traditional medicine people on the other side. And after that course, I put together this curriculum and then I taught it all over the world, okay? People used to pay me tens of thousands of dollars. And then I realized that I wanted to make this course accessible to people. And so I wanted to give it away for free. You know, people would pay me three, $4,000 for like a two day course. And I knew working people couldn't afford it. And I thought it was, so I gave it away for free. You know what happened when I gave it away for free, Kathy? Mm -hmm. No one signed up. <laughs> really? Yeah, no one thought it was valuable. So then I said, okay, let me charge three. I didn't, you know, we didn't 350 bucks, right? We used to do seminars right here in our office, right? People came, but I would only get a small set of people. So we, tr after the campaign ended, I said, you know, we need to get people educated on a systems approach. It was really um, Jay Forrester's vision. We wanted to offer this everywhere. So I said, okay, to adults, I'm going to give you all those tools. Um, if, if I can, let me share that with you again. Can I share that again? So, okay, let me, yeah. Let so, me, yeah. yeah. So what I said was I got to give people everything because I'm, I wanted to be very, very generous because I wanted to make it affordable. My audience is working people, right? It's not the elites, right? Okay. I think you can. Oh, you yeah. have it there. Okay. So let me share it here. So if you look at this here, Kathy, do you see this? Yeah. Okay. So we wanted to make it accessible to working people, right? So in order to make it accessible to working people, um, uh, oops, let me go here. Right. So in order to make it accessible to working people, um, we offered all these things. Okay. And what all those things included were the foundations of systems course. And if you look here, it's all these course, it involves all these course parts. This is what I used to offer at MIT. People paid thousands of dollars attend. Okay. We taught people the system. What is a system by the fourth part, people actually learn they get like a PhD in engineering systems, but I made it so anyone can learn it. You don't have to be an MIT person. Then we teach people the intersection of Eastern and Western medicine, political theory, et cetera. This is only one part. But in addition to this, we also gave people all these books that people have to pay hundreds of dollars on Amazon. I gave them away. Then we also gave people this tool. So we charge about $100 a year, which everyone's able to afford. The other thing we did, Kathy, is as, as a part of all of this, let me go back to this, right? Is what we did was we said, if you as an adult take the course, you can then give it to as many children as you want free. Because we want the adults to give it away to the children. So I went to India 
um, to my village back in India and we gave it to 1500 kids. So you contribute a hundred bucks, you get all of this, you get to, you get healthier, you get to meet people, you get tools, and then you can become a philanthropist and give it away as many kids as you want scholarships. Okay. So what's happening is if people can't afford a hundred bucks, we're having people in the community, they're sponsoring other people, but it's very rare. So that's what's happening, Kathy. It's a bottoms up movement. People are helping one another. And everything that we run on the movement, we run on our own data center, on our own hardware. So we're not relying on Google, Facebook, et cetera. So that funding goes to support our own hardware, our own software, et cetera. Okay. Uh, hold on. Yeah, so now I stopped sharing. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay. Okay, got it. So, yeah, I just wonder because, uh, you know, probably for people who are now in different camps, do you think they will be unhappy to hear what you just shared? You know? Well, that, um, yeah, that's a great question. So what, what I noticed was, let me give you an example. At a certain point, you know, as you know, Kathy, you always have to tell the truth, okay? You can't be an opportunist. Um, so um, I did a lot of work on election systems. You know, Trump did a big call out, you know, invited me to Mar-a-Lago. I had a couple of meetings with him, right? Mm -hmm. But I had to tell the truth about this dynamic. When we started sharing the facts, when you look at it, I think about, I think on Facebook, we lost about 15% of my followers. Okay. That's okay. Because the people that remained were beyond left and right. They got it. Meaning, yes, they had to go through their process, right? Oh, is Dr. Shiva splitting the right, right? That's okay. But that's not my intention. In the anti, you know, in the medical freedom movement, I had to do the same thing exposing this guy, Kennedy. Kennedy talks a good game. But at the end of the day, what did he actually do? He endorsed Hillary Clinton three times, even though she was pro Monsanto and she was a vaccine queen. And in his own house, he talked about, oh, you shouldn't get the shot. But when people came to his own home, he forced everyone to be vaccinated. OK, so we found out that a lot of people follow the Kennedys, thinking they're like royalty and only the Kennedys can be fighting for us. Right. So back in 2020, when I had to unfortunately expose his nonsense, we lost 15% of our followers, but that's okay. What people are coming to realize is the not so obvious establishment. These people who taught, it's easy to identify the obvious establishment. It's a not so obvious establishment that's harder for people because the establishment creates the not so obvious establishment to get people excited, to think these people are going to do something. But how can a guy living in Malibu really help everyday working people. I don't think so. Okay. So it's been a journey, but we've been leading it, you know, and it's okay because our goal is, uh, uh, is to raise people's consciousness. Okay. And then, you know, like in the Kennedy case, people always make, Oh, his wife did it. No, you also went along with it. Okay. So people, when they don't want to, the not so obvious establishment in systems theory, we call it a disturbance. This is like the hardest thing for people to overcome. It's like the, the raising in consciousness is when people realize, oh, it's not Mitch McConnell and Hillary Clinton that are 
the real enemies of working people, it's the not so obvious establishment. You see, the establishment is getting ready for Trump version 2.0 with DeSantis versus Newsom, guaranteed, okay? There'll be another thing, you know, DeSantis will be the next savior or for the left, Newsom will be the next savior. They'll have people getting all excited. And then what'll happen? More division, no problems will really get solved. That's the, uh, you know, the dog who chases its tail. So the question we ask people is, do you have self-respect for yourself? Why are you trusting a Kennedy, okay? And they'll in fact create very, very interesting dialogues uh, around them. And this is what we teach in our movement. And it's very hard because most people do not study history. Like with the civil rights movement, you know, there was a bottoms up movement coming. And what people don't know was the government and the Kennedy sponsored Martin Luther King. They got rid of people like Malcolm X who were truly bottoms up. And the civil rights movement didn't really deliver what it was supposed to deliver because it got hijacked and that hijacking. So today you have blacks fighting whites because they said that the solution was affirmative action. The real solution was infrastructure in the inner cities. And that never happened. So people need to get over this royalty syndrome. They need to get over the Kennedys. They need to get over the Trumps. They need to get over the Bidens. They need to get over the Obamas. They need to have self-respect for themselves and take accountability for themselves. And that means people have to get off their butts and do something, you see? And the establishment has gotten people into this world of entertainment, watching other people fight things out. And that's the brainwashing our movements fighting, if that makes sense. Mm. So, um, you know, for some people, I think, uh, for, for some Americans, they are truly worried that, uh, you know, maybe the socialist communists are trying to, um, there are theories of uh, how they are infiltrating uh, this country, try to take down this uh, republic. What do you think of that? Well, yeah, let's define that, right? To me, when you use the word socialist communist, right? Let me give a, because the word has been so used, right? Mm -hmm. The left uses it, I mean, uh, and the right uses it. And I, as I said, this word has been misused in a way that, so if, if, if working people started uniting, they're gonna say, oh, that's socialist, that's communist, right? The left doesn't want people Maybe to- not, Yeah, sorry, yeah, I, I, I think we talked about this, but uh, uh, the other, uh, side of it is not so much the working people united it's more like uh, the policies yes uh, yes so, yeah, so they are pushing like uh, how to to just uh, um, give people welfare send people money give people money it's more like a socialism yes yeah so than so so let's talk about this definition of what i mean you can use i mean corporatism socialism state capitalism right there's a bunch of words China, for example, has that, right? The government and the CCP, the government and the big corporations are one, right? They're one, right? Okay. The Chinese Communist Party is imagine taking the government of the United States and merging it with the Fortune 1000 company leadership. That's what China is. And it's very blatant and open. In America, we are given this illusion that governments over here and corporations are over here. Okay. 
to me, when you use the word, quote unquote, socialism or quote unquote, communism, I use the word corporatism or state capitalism. The truth is they're actually one and they've become more and more and more closer. And our lawsuit in Massachusetts showed that the government of the United States has an agreement with big tech that if you say something against the government, we actually have the documents. They have a special VIP pipeline to Twitter to shut people down. To me, that's no different than the CCP, Kathy, isn't it? Yeah, actually, just recently, um, they also have uh, exposed their emails exchanges between Twitter. Yeah, but we exposed that. The White House. Yeah, but we right. exposed that in 2020. The problem mm -hmm. is Tucker Carlson, who I think is a complete scumbag. Excuse my language. He uh, we have we t showed him that in our lawsuit in 2020. He didn't do anything. Nothing. I have all the emails. I'm going to expose him. He's part of the not so obvious establishment. You see, these people don't talk about it in 2020 when it could have saved everything. Alex Berenson knew about it. Glenn Greenwald knew about it. Our case was the pioneering case. We have and all not, the... Not so many people knew about it. Why is that? Why? Why didn't anyone cover it when it was the most important lawsuit and we actually won and in court, I, uh, you know, we led it. Why didn't it come out in 2020? I have the emails. I'll show you with Tucker Carlson. He did zero because these people are opportunists. They don't want to talk about something when you can actually make a difference. This is very, again, we teach this in our course. So people say, oh, Tucker Carlson says some good things. Well, well it's too little too late. What does it mean now when all this stuff has already occurred? This is a very, very important dynamic. They manipulate the masses. And then people say, well, Tucker's a nice guy. He says it. Well, he puts his hand up and he watches which way the wind blows. When it is fashionable to talk about it, they do, Kathy. It's not how change occurs. There's a very famous engineer by the name of Alan McDonald. I don't know if you know him. He was the, you know, the space shuttle Challenger in 86 when it blew up. Mm -hmm. He was the one who said to NASA, NASA said, please sign off the launch. He was at the contractor and he said, I'm not going to do this because the space shuttle is going to blow up. And he was under massive pressure to sign the launch. He wouldn't do it. Anyway, he gets demoted. He was a director of the program at Morton Thiokol. Anyway, he died about a couple of years ago. And he said something interesting. In life, it's important to say the right thing at the right time. After the fact, two years later, oh, yes, yes, it was wrong what they did, you know, with the space shuttle. Wasn't it horrible, right? So these people like Tucker Carlson and these, now you're hearing about it. They're like the firemen coming after the buildings burned down. You see? They show up like heroes. We were the heroes. And I'm, I'm taking credit because we were the ones who fought the lawsuit. We were the ones who exposed it. And everyone watches Tucker Carlson. And people should start watching our movement because our movement is always two years ahead. And go look at the, the Twitter tweets we did in 2020. We exposed Fauci. We ran the fire Fauci campaign. Then a year later, Rand Paul comes. Too little, too late. And then he sends donation emails. We sent him all of our stuff. We collected 180,000 signatures. These people use issues. They are not real. They use issues to raise money. They said, oh, wow, Dr. Shiva's talking that issue. They have all the trend reports. You go look at our social media at that time. I would do a tweet. It would get 30,000 retweets. 
and I only had 300,000 followers. There are people with 10 million followers. They do a tweet. They would get five retweets because we were calling it because we understand the science of systems. We can see the future. And I say that again with all humility. So these people watch issues. They come after the fact. After the fact. They don't do it when the issue is going on, like the space shuttle. After it blows up, then they say, oh, yeah, yeah, it shouldn't have been done. Well, the space shuttle is already blown up. Okay. How many people like me were thrown off Twitter for no reason? Yeah, so, you, uh, your Twitter account is still suspended, is it? Oh, yeah. And there was a report written at Stanford, a 300-page report we presented in court, written, funded by the Atlantic Council, which showed there were six people which were considered super spreaders. And I wasn't even funded like Trump or others. I was, go look, I was the top six super spreaders because I would do a tweet and I would drive people to long form videos, all bottoms up. The other people are funded top down. So this is what we need to get across, that it was our movement, which always showed this ahead. And it's just a fact. Tucker Carlson is one of the biggest master grifters on the planet. You know, he worked at CNN, people don't forget. He worked at MSNBC. So he just puts on this face, he's an actor. Joe Rogan, another actor. Alex Jones, you know, Alex gets everyone excited. I've been on a show, but they don't have solutions. They don't wanna get down to the issue and resolve the problem. This is a fundamental difference. They get ratings and they get views based on keeping the argument going. Wow. Um, yeah, this is the reality. And so there's only one movement. I, if Look, th these issues should have been solved, you know, uh, many, many years ago. It's unfortunate that we have to do all the groundwork. A generation ago, people should have built a movement like Truth, Freedom, Health. So we're sort of having to do it now, you know? Look at Joe Rogan. He's got 20,000 followers. He, he, he's part of a multi-billion dollar network called Spotify. He's owned by his creative agency. In 2014, 15, we had written five research papers exposing GMOs at a fundamental level. People wrote to Joe, his closest friend, and he said, you should have Shiva on, Dr. Shiva on. He put the opposing guy on and he was, oh yeah, GMOs are good, Kevin Folta. He was pro-GMO. And then when the vaccine stuff came, he was pro-vaccine. And then when he saw his ratings go down, then he went to becoming quote-unquote anti-vaccine. And then he saw his ratings go down when Neil Young got off. And then he became, you know, he said, oh, okay, I'm going to, he's a complete grifter. I mean, you have to understand these people are running multi-million dollar, billion dollar enterprises, and they're all about views, views, views. They're opportunists. Trump is a master of it. I hate to say, even though I like the guy, I may like Joe Rogan. I'm, you may like Obama. You may like Bernie. It doesn't matter what, whether you like them. They're running a circus. This is the truth. So people may wonder, like, uh, for yourself, um, what kind of uh, guiding principle for you, for you to do all those things? Well, let me tell you the guiding principle. It's loyalty to those people who actually work hard where I came from. When I was 12 years old, Kathy, 
you know, I came to, you know, you have to understand if you understood the caste system, you'd understand a guy like me should never even be in the United States. My parents should never even made it. India has a caste system. If you're born into this family, we were supposed to be coconut pickers the rest of our lives. It's called the caste system. Okay. The British reimposed it in India. So I don't know why everyone's <laughs> lamenting that the queen died, frankly, you know, she was not, I mean, she sustained this institution which promotes, you know, oh, God made this person queen. It's garbage, right? But anyway, India, the caste system. When I came here when I was seven, and five years later, 19, came here in 1975, I went back to India. And that's when I realized, oh, my God, how poor people live in India, right? My grandparents lived in a small, my uh, aunt lived in a small hut. They have bare feet. There's no dirt roads. There's no running water. That's when I realized, wait a minute, I'm going to go back to New Jersey and these people live like this. I didn't even know the difference. You follow? Mm -hmm. And it was 1975. I'd stayed with my grandparents that summer and I was leaving back to the United States. And my grandparents came to the train station to see me off. And these are poor farmers. And they were crying deeply. And I realized how much love I had for them and all these working people who had suffered so much that my father could go to school and I could go here. And I realized that I would be a parasite. And this is as a 12 year old kid. I still remember that scene looking out the train door, the train window, my grandparents crying. And I realized that I better, when I go back to the United States, learn as much as I can to understand why these people work so hard, live in such poverty. You follow? And that if I didn't do that, that I'd be a parasite. So when I got back that year, I worked my butt off. By the by, by the ninth grade, I had finished calculus, which was offered to the seniors in high school. Just you, you learn, you learn by yourself, or you. I just worked hard. I just worked harder. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I also was an athlete because I realized that the United States offered me so much. That if and that all those people that had nothing, and I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey. You have to understand, I grew up in Patterson and Clifton. Go look at them; they're very poor working class neighborhoods. My teachers were my landlord, you know, who taught me how to landscape and paint. These were immigrants, and these people were amazing people. So I realized that I better work hard. So by the age of fourteen, I'm working at a institution creating email before I came to MIT. In fact, when I came to MIT, I thought MIT was a crazy place. I didn't want to go there. People look crazy. I thought it was a mental institute. <laughs> it was called the Massachusetts Institute. Someone only told me about MIT one week before I applied. My high school was 4,000 kids. You know, it was a very all Jewish high school, very nice people, but Jewish people are brought up in those days that they're the only people who are smart. My sister and I were the only two Indian kids dark-skinned Indian kids, and I won every award, and that got a lot of people jealous. So no one even told me about MIT. You would think the guy who invented email, someone, my guidance counselor didn't, but when I got accepted, then everyone got excited because they get better ratings. So you have to understand that my journey is very different. I have never forgotten where I came from. My loyalty is to those people who work hard, and I will never forget that loyalty. And I, I, I have great, great anger for these people who are abusing people. I have great anger for the Kennedys. So when people want to defend the Kennedys, I've hung out with the Kennedys. I know them. 
To them, they toast their martinis at Aspen. Oh, I'm running a medical freedom movement. They don't give a damn about that. It's all a shtick for them. You see, Bernie Sanders doesn't give a damn about the environment. Trump doesn't give a damn about really putting Hillary away. They're making money off people, working people. And working people need to get smart. But we are brainwashed every microsecond, every microsecond by Hollywood, by revering celebrities, by revering these talking heads. That's the that's the brainwashing that takes that's if you want to talk about, quote unquote, the fascism and socialism. You know, I'm sure in China, it's much more direct in America. It's this constant brainwashing of giving up your sense of who you are and respect to Robert Kennedy. Who the hell is he? I mean, the guy talks about medical freedom. He endorsed Hillary Clinton three times while she was saying she wants to vaccinate everyone. While she was saying she wants to do Monsanto, he writes a book with all of our material in it. But this is just a shtick. And you will see people still wanting to defend him. Well, he says some good things. That is a trap. Look at what people do, not what they say. In his own household, he did not allow people in unless they were vaccinated. Oh, then he blames his wife. Come on. Come on. Yeah, so Shiva, you mentioned, I think a lot of people, that's how Chinese immigrants um, had in mind about what America is, is very, you know, the individualism. In China, we were taught it's bad, right? But, uh, you know, immigrants come here, they understand it's it's good. And that's the tradition of uh, America. But uh, how do you think, like, why it comes to this state in America? It's come to the state because, so if you look at, let's go, you have to, so, you know, I always love history. So if you look at history from the beginning till today, right? There was a time when human beings were literally in chains, right, Kathy? We were whipped and told to build a pyramid, right? You're in chains. And still some people are too today, right? But that was primarily how most humans were, right? And then at a certain point in history, maybe someone gave us a little piece of land and said, okay, you can farm that land, but I get to keep 60%, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Then we're at this current, so the, and typically it was run by kings in the feudal system, right? You can look at it in India and China and all over the world. At some point in human history, like the American Revolution, what was profound about the American Revolution, it was a revolution where people were, where the elites who were fighting the king were forced to give the working people in America the Bill of Rights, First Amendment, Second Amendment, and so on, right? Otherwise, those people weren't going to fight for the elites against the king. You follow? They had to give them something. So they gave them these rights. But that, just think about that. In the arc of human history, the elites never wanted to give. You know, imagine giving people the right to speak freely, the right to the freedom of press, the right to bear arms, Kathy. This was extraordinary, right? Mm -hmm. No other country, I mean, imagine giving the slaves to say, yeah, you can have weapons and you can attack me one day. Who would give that, right? So that was an extraordinary moment that took place in 1776. But the elites are very clever. They did they do one step forward, but they do two steps back. They're very clever. So even though, but all those gains came from people fighting hard. 
So what happens is people forget these wonderful gifts that they got. This is human nature and they have to be reminded. So you have to always fight and protect these freedoms. These freedoms are not written in stone. They can be taken away too, right? So in the 1900s in the United States, and for that matter, all over the world, people were rising up to fight the yoke of British colonialism all over the world. In India, people are rising up in the 1900s. In America, right? Oh, you know, they're fighting against the U.S. elites. And those movements were truly bottoms up, bottoms up, bottoms up. And they were very effective. So in order to make sure that those movements never come up again, there has been a conscious effort among the global elites to make sure that the tip of the spear of that movement is the American working class, in my view because they're the only ones who have those two or three freedoms, right? Is to somehow snatch them back. And that's what this is about. This is about making sure, because the people in India don't have the First Amendment and Second Amendment. Do they have them in China? No. Do they have them in Britain? Well, maybe to some extent. They don't. The Britain, in fact, has no constitution. In fact, mm -hmm. Britain is a... In fact, and remember, Harry... Prince Harry said the First Amendment is bonkers. Go look it up, quote unquote. People forget the queen still has reserve power. She can at any time dissolve parliament. And she has done this in Australia. This is not just some nice lady or the lady that died. This is people still contain imperial power. They do not like you and I having the First Amendment. And this is why our lawsuit was so important, Massachusetts. And covering, you know, so my point is the American working class is the tip of the spear. And what's been going on over the last 5, 10, 15 years is to destroy the power of the American working class. And I'm sorry to say Trump was part of it. He had four years and he basically did everything the establishment wanted. He created SISA which created this collusion between government and, and, um, and uh, you know, big tech. Jared Kushner got $2 billion loan from the Saudis. I'm sorry, he made a lot of money. So when you really look at it, they had Obama, the black guy who was trying to get all, trying to help blacks and whites. The elites ran him for eight years. Then they said, oh, now we need a white guy. So they brought in Trump. He talked about locker up, da, da, da. No one got locked up except his own followers are locked up, right? And none of his followers were given any pardons. Jared Kushner's father got a pardon. So you really have to look at this. And unfortunately, it, it makes some people vomit. So they don't want to look at it. Holy, oh my God, I supported Trump. And what Dr. Shiva is saying is true, but I can't accept it. It's like, Telling a, you know, it's telling someone, hey, you're an alcoholic. You've been abused. And it's hard for people. Yeah. And, you know, Trump approved Operation Warp Speed. So I gave money to Trump. You may have given money to him, right? All of us did. But this is what is going on. And the working people must wake up and recognize that they have no interest in supporting this because their freedoms are being removed, their health is being destroyed, and truth is being concealed.
And so what we have now is what you call this collusion between both wings of the establishment. They're running literally that WWE Worldwide Wrestling Federation. That's what they're running. When I was a kid, Kathy, I used to watch, you know, those wrestling people. It's all fake, right? Mm -hmm. But when I was 12 years old, we thought it was cool. We used to stay awake at night, watch these things. But both sides are just nonsense. I mean, come on. I mean, DeSantis sending the people over to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, it's a nice stunt, right? But you go talk to people I know in Florida. They had to keep telling him about the election issue. He didn't do anything. Friends of mine were doing stuff. So they always watch which way the wind blows. Okay, everyone's here. Now I'll say something because it'll give me ratings. Those in power are never going to do stuff that's necessary to be done at the right time. They will do it when it's opportune for them. They're opportunists, opportunists, opportunists. And this is why working people at every cycle get screwed. And the question is, do people have self-respect? Do they want to take accountability? And do they want to learn? And do they want to commune? And we've created that environment for people to do that. So by hearing to this point, some people may feel then, you know, for example, in the upcoming midterm election, how people can vote then? Well, here's the bottom line, okay? What people should ask themselves is, it's a wrong question in my view, don't take this the wrong way. The question is, why are you focused on the midterm elections? What are you doing right now? Why are you always, why are you letting the elites drive what you should do to change your world? This is a fun, every two years for you, they have a cycle, right? So mm -hmm. they send out all their, and then people say, oh, what are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for? Wrong question. You know, you can judge this consciousness of somebody by their questions that they ask, okay? The question should be, what should I do to empower myself for the future? And what we're telling people is number one, understand this dynamic of left and right. Understand the science of systems. We're giving people tools. Number two, do something every day, something small. Take five, 10 minutes and we give people activities to do. So you feel empowered. Number four, be part of a community of other people getting this so you don't feel desperate. You don't get divided into left and right. You don't have to choose a camp, you see? And this is the infrastructure we're doing. We're giving people a massive gift. We're saying, number one, get your head clear. Stop this brainwashing. Do you want to get your, it's like people are abused and they want to keep being abused, okay? Do you want to get out of that abusive relationship? Step one. Step two, do you actually want, do you really care about your children? Do you really, really care about your future? If you do, then you will understand this dynamic and you will do something every day to break yourself out of that, which is go talk to your neighbor. Have a discussion. Hey, why are you wearing that mask? I'm not. And by the way, do you know it's really about public health? And we have a whole step-by-step -step way. You can have discussions with your family and your neighbors that are split up. We teach people that. So now you have tools. Invite people to a discussion. This is a way out of this. If people want to be like a dumb dog chasing its tail, they should keep talking about, oh, what's going to happen in 2022? Are you, is DeSantis the next one? And after DeSantis, it'll be someone else and someone else and someone else. And each iteration of that cycle, people are going to be more and more enslaved.
And you know who's going to make the money? DeSantis makes money. Trump makes money. Biden makes money. Hunter Biden makes money. Tucker Carlson makes money. Fox News makes money. CNN makes money. So what do you think as do people still, um, you know, uh, can trust the system, for example, the election system? Well, my issue is that both parties, what we discovered, okay, um, is there are fundamental issues, okay? Fundamental issues um, that our campaign brought out, our lawsuit brought out. And those fundamental systems are something both Democrats and Republicans do not want to address because they've been both abusing these systems. Fundamentally, ballot images are supposed to be saved. Where are they? The images from my own campaign, they deleted. These are federal law violations. Trump's Department of Justice didn't do anything. No one did anything. Trump didn't even do anything about it. When I met with Trump, I said, do you know, they don't even have your, I said, you know, uh, the cyber ninjas guys haven't given us a ballot images. Do you know what he asked, told to me, Kathy? He said, what are ballot images? He didn't even know what ballot images are, yet he's made a half a billion dollars raising money off of this. Okay, number one. Number two, the entire chain of custody and the signature verification process is flawed. These are fundamental issues. So there are enough places that both Republicans and Democrats know that they do not want to talk about. Meanwhile, the right wing took the issues that we brought up and they talked about, oh, yeah, the elections are being hit from Italy. You know, Mike Lindell, nice fellow, sells pillows all day on this. He's making money selling pillows off election fraud. It's really awful. He doesn't talk about the real issues. He's selling pillows. You see, people take issues and the, Repo and the Democrats do this too with climate change, right? They're selling electric cars <laughs> and they don't want to talk about the fact that electric cars when you plug it in is connected to a coal power plant, right? So the only way out of this is to raise people's consciousness. It's the only way out. And if people are serious, We've created the infrastructure to do that. We've created the school. We've created the training. We've created the community. It's here. So my view is we don't really want to, um, we don't really want to, um, uh, you know, convince people. There are enough uh, people who are getting it. And our goal is to really educate people. And our view is once you educate enough people, they will educate their community. So it's a, so the issue is, if you want to be on that track, imagine a train track which has a Ferris wheel on it. That's really this current electoral process system. It's, you're just going to be going around and then you'll get off the train in 2022. You'll be quiet. And then 2024, you'll get back on the train. It's like this nonsense. But if you want to be on a very different track of raising your consciousness, if you want to really become a full human being, if you really want to truly be an adult and truly care for your children, you'll start really looking at this beyond left and right. You know, so, yeah. It sounds like it's a relatively long process, isn't it? No, it isn't. It isn't. Okay. What's interesting is it, um, you ever watch water boil? 
-hmm. When does water boil, Kathy? It boils at exactly at a certain point. Exactly. Right. So we have people who've been watching my videos for two years. Right. And then they'll take the course and they'll go, oh, my God, I get it. But if you don't go to truthfromhealth.com and you don't take the course, it's all you just hear. Oh, I love what Dr. Shiva is saying. Oh, he's very smart. Da, 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 da. And then they take the course and they understand the not so obvious establishment. And then they go, oh, I get it. I have to go on the ground and do something. I have to go talk to my neighbor. You see, I've been an activist all my life. When I was at MIT, we started our own newspaper. We used to meet people. People don't understand. They have to interact with other human beings physically, not on social media all day. This is very hard. So you will see people will go like this. They'll listen and then boom, they'll have this awakening of consciousness. In the book, System and Revolution, which I have, I define what revolution is. Revolution is at a certain point, things happen, okay? Revolution in your consciousness. So we, you know, we've taken 30 years of knowledge and we've consolidated it into a course. We have people handled you through the course. You can take it self-paced. We have a community. But we're doing enough activities where we'll turn on that thing in people, you say? So some people get it right away. Like my friend Frank, he'd been screwed enough times, left, right, left, right, Obama, Trump, and then he got it, right? Other people, they'll follow people for way too long, all right? Other people will take the course, but they may not get the not-so-obvious establishment. They have illusions. And then finally, they'll get it. But it is a process. But we've made it. So think about it this way. You could spend the next 20 years of your life voting Republican, voting Democrat, voting Republican. And then you wake up when you're 90 years old. You go, oh, my God, I wasted my life. But here we want to stop that suffering where people say, OK, I get it. Now, when people are given this foundational knowledge, now they can make a conscious decision whether they want to remain stupid or they want to get wise. You say some people are not ready. OK, uh, the guy's telling the truth. Everything here is right but I have to let go of a lot of my illusions. I'm not ready. You see what I'm saying? It's like, they're not ready to stop being addicted to something, right? It's an addiction. It's an addiction to a system that's not going to get you anywhere except get you enrolled into that system. And it ultimately comes down to, do you want to take, do you have respect for yourself and do you want to take personal responsibility? It's really the fundamental question. So, yeah, I don't know how much time you still have. Um, this is one news just came out, I think, <clears throat> it, it, you know, uh, the, as the midterm general election coming up, the cybersecurity and the infrastructure security agency just announced that they have election experts say that uh, the post-election audits confirm ballots tabulating machines are highly accurate and all those uh, medias are reporting that you know who created you, you well, first of all do you know who created CISA you said that it's Trump yes Trump created CISA okay and the head of uh, the um, agency went against him right yeah but the bottom line is look it's like this if you're going to go into power and say I'm anti-establishment I'm going to clean the swamp right well, you got to go do that. You can't later say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was not my fault. Blah, blah, blah. Right. He created CISA. CISA created that infrastructure that allowed government to have an unholy alliance with big tech. So that's the first thing. But yes, CISA in, in, in the 
if you go, um, let me show you something. I, I have to show, you know, when we did our um, lawsuit, can I share the screen again? Okay, let me, let me. When we, yeah, I mean, we did the most important lawsuit of the century with, uh, let me show you that. Hold on. Hey, John, can you see this on stream? Just make sure. Can you just check if, if this is showing up? Some people are saying they can't see it. Just Do you see this, Kathy? Yeah. Okay. So we built a site when we were doing our lawsuit. It's 2020. I filed all my own lawsuits. We won in federal court multiple lawsuits. One of the biggest things we discovered was this picture. You see this? This yeah. is the entire... So I was thrown off Twitter by this woman, okay, who is a state election director of Massachusetts. She contacted Twitter. And what we discovered was that she has a relationship with the National Association of State Election Directors. I'm not going to get into the detail, but we figured out, see here, SISA over here. Mm -hmm. She sits on the board of SISA. And over here is all these people at Harvard who had created all of these documents, which are the censorship infrastructure documents that govern how any American citizen can be thrown off social media, but unlike the CCP, they launder censorship. So they created this thing called ISAC. So if they see Dr. Shiva Adure exposing this individual here, they launder censorship. And we exposed, we found the documents and I'll show them to you. We could do a whole another thing on it. We literally found the documents, what are called the playbooks written at Harvard which are called the Election Influence Operations Guidebook. This playbook goes into gross detail how if you criticize an election official, the step-by-step -step process, how you will surveil them, track them, and throw them off social media. Who created this playbook? Great question. Look at the authors. The authors are Amy Cohen, who was involved in throwing me off Twitter. This is National Association of State Election Directors. The authors are the government of Massachusetts. The authors are Twitter legal right here. And CISA, we discovered this. We gave it, this was in 2020. So our lawsuit is the most historic lawsuit, frankly, on the planet, okay? And everyone should be covering this, but no one wanted to because it was pure truth and it exposes all the nonsense. So, that's what we're talking about. Our movement has always, and if you go through this, it was every, every detail. It was me and the judge in court. We asked the social media director of the government, how did you throw off Dr. Uh, Dr. Shiva? Oh, I have a special VIP portal to Twitter. And you can go through all of this, but these are the most important things. There is a specific document here, which goes through gross detail and these were all developed at Harvard with funded by the Atlantic Council, which is funded by the Queen, okay? And it goes through detail, the four stages of countering election influence operations. And step-by-step, step, how you identify someone, how you track them, and how you throw them off. And how you monitor them for the rest of their lives. Okay? So we expose all of this, Kathy. And it's all in documents. Nowadays, the elites don't even lie. They simply do whatever the hell they want. And it's all out in the open. 
We have to do the dirty job of exposing this. So you have to ask, do they really want to stop this? And what I'm trying to tell you over and over, we teach this, is those in power, be it Trump or Obama or DeSantis or whoever the hell it is, they don't want to end this. They rather talk about it. Oh my God, Biden's attacking us. Donate me money for the Trump Justice Fund. Oh my God, give me a Green New Deal. Click here, 50 bucks. They're making money. They're never going to solve the issues. They don't have an interest in solving the issue. When you have $3 billion in the bank, Hunter Biden and Tucker Carlson are like this. Tucker Carlson writes to Hunter Biden to get, you know, a resume for his, uh, you know, recommendation letter. Come on. People need to wake Asian. up. Wake up is what people need to do and recognize left or right establishment leaders have no interest in you if you're a working person. Didn't uh, Tucker Carlson expose the, the Hunter Biden's uh, laptop? Really? Did he? He said, well, go look at what he said. He said, oh, no, no. The, the, the USB. Incident. He said, he said, oh, we shouldn't go attack him that much. Mm. He's, I mean, they're friends. Do you, do you understand, Kathy? These people are one elite circle. Look, I used to be married to a woman who was an actress in Hollywood, Okay. I've had the chance to live in many of these circles and I've betrayed many of the elites, okay? I've been at the highest levels at MIT. I was at the highest levels in the Indian government. I've hung out with all these Hollywood people. They're all one circle, left and right. They think they're better than you. And when you talk about, quote unquote, socialism, quote, it is this collusion among these people, left and right. It's a game. It is a game for them. Why does Trump ask people for the Trump Justice Fund? Does he not enough have enough money? Why is he asking working class people for money? Why does, any, why does anyone give these politicians any money? You have to ask this question. Mm -hmm. Hold on one second. Yeah. There's a message coming up. Okay. All right. I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's, we've been, it's been like almost two hours. Yeah. It's, uh, very, you know, very informative. And uh, I really appreciate that to you, you know, uh, share with us. So, yeah. So, yeah. What's the takeaway? I think the biggest takeaway is the following. The takeaway is, you know, that we have created a framework which has never existed before in history. Think about when the airplane was first created, we had to understand Bernoulli's principle, right? There was, you know, people try to fly for many, many years, right? Mm -hmm. And they would fall off cliffs, they tried wings, right? Um, and people said, oh, flight is impossible. We also are in the same state when it comes to social systems. We say, oh, well, it's just the way it's gonna be, right? Uh, the Republicans and Democrats, you have to vote for the lesser of two evils, right? 
we have figured out the science of systems so people can think for themselves and go beyond left and right. That technology, that infrastructure is in a very humble way we've created. And so people now have a choice. Do you want to remain on that dog chasing the tail or do you want to get educated or remain enslaved? Do you want to be smart or do you want to remain dumb? It's that simple. And that's what truth, freedom and health is. Do you want to understand that the, see the elites have a nuclear weapon? They understand the science of systems and everyday working people are walking around with bows and arrows. They're never going to be able to defeat them. So I fortunately was able to learn all this stuff. We've been able to make it. So it's a gift to working people. And we want to ensure that people at least have a fighting chance. So the goal is, do you want to be educated or do you want to be enslaved? Do you have self-respect for yourself? Do you want to be accountable? Do you want to be an adult and do you truly care for your children? Or do you want to play the stupid game all day long? I tell this to a lot of people. Well, Trump said something nice. Oh, AOC said this. I go, you're a child. Go back to class. You didn't learn the principles. Okay. So the fundamental issue is we've created an infrastructure, truth, freedom, and health. Take advantage of this. Do it for your future. Do it for your family. But get off this dog chasing the tail or decide that you want to actually remain dumb and keep chasing the tail. That's okay too. You know, I have people we know who say, yeah, I'm an alcoholic and I just, that's what I want to do. Great. At least they're being more honest. So you have to come to become honest, but you know, it's a, it's a technology, it's a movement, it's an infrastructure, it's classes we've created. If you want to do it, great. If you don't, that's also fine. That's it, Kathy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Could you send me some of the, you know, information you mentioned? Like, uh, I think, oh, especially the 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 material relates to the Twitter the court case. Yeah. Go to winback. Yeah, winbackfreedom.com. Winbackfreedom.com. Everything is out there. Okay. It was me against seven lawyers, three against Twitter, three. No, no lawyer wanted to take it. We did it ourselves. We won many cases. In fact, the judge just simply wanted to put me back on Twitter to quiet me down. He wanted me to drop all the lawsuits against the government. I would I refused to. I wouldn't settle. Alex Berenson settled. You know, he's part of that little refusenik elite. We're outside of that, you say? Pseudo refuseniks. So was there any one media report on that case? At all? Oh, yeah. There was alternative media report reported it. Mm -hmm. okay. The issue is a true bottoms up movement like ours will always be invisible in the mainstream media because we're the real thing. The mainstream media will never report on truth, freedom, health because it's the real thing. They will report after the building is burned down and then they'll create their own fake heroes. That's the nature of it, right? Because they want people to be manipulated by fake heroes. Yeah, if you just allow me one minute is, um, I, I was meant to ask you, so the email system, email you created uh, versus uh, now everybody's using, right? What is there a difference or? No, so this is what's interesting. These 
people after went into submission, they said, oh, what he created, no, it's the exact same system. Is the fundamentally the car different than it was created before? It has those two wheels, two things, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. So when this went into the Smithsonian, you had Wikipedia create all, called me, I was called all sorts of horrible names. I can repeat them. You can bleep them out, asshole, dick, fraud. Gawker Media called me these names. They said this curry stain Indian should be beaten and hanged. Why? Why? Exactly, why? Because during the 30 years that I didn't promote myself, they had found a white guy with glasses and a beard and nothing against white people, but he fit the narrative of a nerd who had simply done text messaging. And Raytheon, the defense company, had branded him as the inventor of email. When my stuff went into the Smithsonian, it was like a skull, a new skull was found in Africa. And the abuse that I underwent was disgusting. People said, oh, the email that you created, no, it's the exact same system. But the problem is you weren't allowed to do software patents in 1978, you say? Mm. Copyright doesn't protect all the parts, the design. So my system went into the Library of Congress and then other people started replicating it. Look at everything I had in my system, it's all the same parts. So these historians, many liberal historians, wanted to denigrate the fact that email wasn't invented at MIT, Harvard by the military. It was created in Newark, New Jersey. You see, the narrative is that all great innovations must come from after you go to MIT and Harvard so you can drop out of Harvard like Zuckerberg or Gates, and then you're anointed as someone intelligent, you see? So I invented many things when I was at MIT when I was on the front page. But when I said email was invented before I came to MIT, Kathy, this is dangerous because it means innovation can occur anytime, any place by anybody. Eventually, you know, that organization, which four years later, I found a lawyer. We sued Gawker Media. We drove them into bankruptcy. I got a million dollars and still on Wikipedia, they call me a conspiracy theorist, all this because, in fact, a Wikipedia editor wrote to me, he goes, Shiva, I attempted to give you credit for the invention of email. And I was called this name, this name, this name. He goes, your article on email is so volatile, as big as the abortion and the Second Amendment. You know why, Kathy? Because email was invented before I came to MIT. This is very fundamental. Wow. The invention of email is a story that should be shared everywhere. So all these people, well, I don't know if email that he created then is different. Some people even said uppercase email is different than lowercase email. The, the, the disgusting nonsense. If I was blonde haired, I hate to say this, not being racist, blonde haired, blue eyed, and maybe my last name was a Jewish name, I'd be on every stamp on, in the United States, guaranteed. And I had invented email at MIT. And by the way, a 14-year-old boy is the one who invented TV. 60 years it took him to get the full credit, but the facts are so obvious. The, 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 the question on this is why was there even any question? I wrote the code, named it email, and have the copyright. Mm. It's disgusting. Wow. I mean, I was some people said a curry stained Indian should be beaten and hanged for even claiming this. Four degrees at MIT, Fulbright Scholar, front page of MIT. The issue is, and Walter Isaacson, the liberal elite during in 2015, he wrote a big book 
called the innovators of the digital revolution. Isn't email part of the digital revolution, Kathy? Well, you ask people. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, in his book, he talks about all the great inventions of the internet. He left out email. All the people in there are all, again, white people should not take this seriously. It's not against white people. Everyone is a white person who invented stuff. No yellow people, no brown people, no black people. And all of those people were from the military industrial complex, big universities, big military, you see? The truth is that if you create something out of the elites, great innovations must come after you go to MIT and you get anointed. See, the problem they have with me, Kathy, is I went to MIT, I created many things, but I also did stuff before I came to MIT. And typically people like me are dead before they write the histories, you see? or after they write the history. The invention of email is the most powerful story because it exposes not just the fact a 14-year-old boy invented email, but it exposes the elite's bullshit that all great innovations must come from war, must come from big business, must come from big universities. By the way, a Michigan mechanic is the one who created the wind wiper. A 14-year-old boy, Philo Farnsworth, created TV. 60 years later, it took him to get the credit he deserves. But everyone listening to your audience should recognize that the invention of email is really about your child and his future because it says that does he need to go to MIT and Harvard or Silicon Valley and then he gets credit? The problem they have with the invention of email is I have all the code, I named it email, I have the copyright. And then people say, well, uppercase email is different than lowercase email. Nonsense. Noam Chomsky, the great linguist said, that means you'd have to have two dictionaries. CAR, capital C-A-R is different than lowercase C-A-R. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just irrational, a child throwing tantrums. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you again for your sharing. Yeah. So you should, a couple of sites you may want to use are inventoremail.com. You may mm. want to write this down. Winbackfreedom.com. You'll understand mm. our whole lawsuit. Everything's documented. And truthfreedomhealth.com. Mm. Everything is documented. Wonderful. Yep. All right. All right, Kathy. Very nice speaking to you. Yeah, very nice speaking to you. Yeah, be well, be the light. I uh, wish you well. Thank you for uh, calling us. Thank you for all the uh, work you guys do and, and the reporting. All right, thank you. Okay, be well. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. So to everyone listening, that was an interview I just did with a, a organization and she asked some great questions, but all of you listening... If, if, if you've sat here for the whole afternoon, you have a choice to make today. Is it, do you wanna really learn this and you wanna get off the left, right habit trail? If so, go to truthfreedomhealth.com, become a warrior, contribute, it's nothing. You guys waste a lot of money doing all sorts of other things. I know many of you spend money in wacky ways. I've made it so accessible. Or come to our uh, orientation, which is this Thursday. And you can learn, you can meet some amazing people, but regardless, you need to support this, not for me, but for yourself. You have an opportunity to stop 
you know, uh, chasing your tail. And I just put a thing down there. VA, you can go to the orientation, uh, vashiva.com slash orientation register, but support this stuff. You know, we have a huge movement of people who are starting to learn this. And if you learn this once, you got to learn this again and again and again and again. But we've created the infrastructure. It's a gift for you. You have no excuse. We've created the nice, beautiful infrastructure. You come there. You're going to learn the science. You're going to get a great community of people. And every week, we, we coach you. You know, do this little thing this week. Hand out 20 flyers. So you can go to bed every Saturday or Sunday knowing, wow, I actually did something. I'm no longer desperate. I'm no longer hopeless. So get off your butts and do your historic duty, okay? You have no excuse, all right? We've created it on a silver platter. And if you want, if you think I should charge like $50,000 or $5,000 and that'll make it more prestigious for you to take it, we can do that. Okay, but we made it too accessible, perhaps, or very accessible because we want to help working people. So I hope this conversation was valuable, but take advantage of this. It's really for you. Okay, and get off this left right bullshit. Okay, or. You know, don't get educated and continue to be abused. I just want to end with this video and uh, get off your butts. We hope to see you on Thursday. Support this movement. It's nothing. You're supporting all the infrastructure that we're creating for you. Let me play this video and I wish you all well. Watch this video, it'll inspire you. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. Mm -hmm. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics. There's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely without freedom. You cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth. And then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, 
You don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I gotta build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. All right, everyone. I hope this was valuable. It was a great interaction. It was two hours and 10 minutes. Um, everyone probably should be aware that, you know, we have a, a, a global movement. And most importantly, all of you have an opportunity to participate in this to learn, teach and serve. So take advantage of this, contribute, go to Truth, Freedom and Health, you can contribute whatever you want. But when you contribute, you get back a lot of gifts. So that's all it is. It's, it's all here for you. And um, please take advantage of this. Have a good day, wherever you are. Good day, good evening. Um, and I want to thank all of you guys for participating. There's some great comments here. Um, it's really nice to see the community come out and start educating everyone also as we're doing these talks. Thank you, everyone. Be well, be the light.